you look in Deuteronomy 6:23, it gives the it gives the actual thought of the message, and you can stand with me, and we'll read this over together. And what it says, and Moses is talking, and this is to the people of Israel who God brought out of Egyptian slavery. And Moses said, and he, and the he there is God, brought us out from thence, and the thence was Egypt. He brought us out of Egypt that he might bring us in. And bringing us in was to bring us into the land of Canaan to give us the land which he sware unto our fathers. And so that was supposed to be what the sermon title was. He brought us out that he might bring us in. It sounds rather uh, iffy, doesn't it, the way it is in the bulletin. He brought us out and he might bring us in. Uh, God, God didn't say it that way, or Moses didn't say it that way. Moses said it in a more emphatic way. He brought us out of slavery because he wants to bring us into the land of Canaan. And so uh, that was the thought for the message this morning. I'm going to have you bow your heads. We'll ask the Lord to help us. Dear Lord, we come to you this morning thankful for the Holy Spirit, for your grace and goodness to us. We pray you'll give wisdom and guidance this morning as we look at the word Lord, uh, may it educate our minds, may it enter into our hearts. Lord, if we have not seriously considered about our eternal destiny, we pray, dear Lord, this morning that we will think about those things that are going to be forever, not just for this time world. We pray, dear Lord, for your guidance and blessing and help as we continue in the service this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So as, as I address the sermon to you this morning, I always try to talk to the people that are here. Um, I, can, I can give a theological treatise on holiness and I can talk about uh, what God intends for our lives, uh, but it may not really be that which educates the minds of those that are here this morning. Some are more acquainted than others, but as we, as we read the uh, Apostles' Creed, as I said, there are quite a few things in the back of our book. We don't usually use it, uh, but there are quite a few readings that help the, the mind to focus on the things of Scripture and the things of God. So you always have them there in the back of the book. Uh, the Apostles' Creed is a statement of belief universally of the Church of Jesus Christ. And you can see that when you read that over, that it incorporates the basics of our belief. 
if, if you don't believe in Jesus Christ being the Son of God, you can't be saved. The Bible says we have to believe that that is true in order to be saved. We have to believe that Jesus died and that Jesus rose again. We have to believe that Jesus lived a sinless life, uh, that he is not in the grave today, but he conquered the grave. If we do not believe that Jesus conquered the grave and that one day he went out with his disciples and arose from this earth, or I should say ascended from this earth, uh, the scripture tells us that he is now at the right hand of God and he's making intercession for us. So when we gather in service this morning, uh, we are not just going through a ritual or going through some kind of routine, but we are giving our attention, our praise, our adoration to one who is listening to us this morning. And we are doing that because of the encouragement of the Holy Spirit of God. And the Bible talk, talks about the coming of the Holy Spirit. After Jesus told his disciples that he was going to leave, he said, but I'm not going to leave you alone because I'm going to send somebody to be with you. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And so the Bible tells us that on the day of Pentecost, that it was the advent of, G of the Holy Spirit coming in upon the disciples. And so we have the power of the Holy Spirit with us today. We have not been left alone. Uh, so the, the Apostles' Creed says that we believe that he's, Jesus ascended, he's in heaven. He sits on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty, and from thence, he is going to come and he's going to judge the quick and the dead. What does that mean? So this, is, this may be a little interactive this morning. What does that mean? Do any young people know what that means? Does that mean, you know, like the missionaries told us in, in New Guinea, uh, they said they knew what that verse meant, that he's going to come and judge, and that is a scripture verse, the quick and the dead because they said they drove close to the edge of a cliff a lot of times in New Guinea, and as they're driving on a road that's very narrow, that there would be a car coming at them. And they wouldn't know it was there until they went around the curve, and suddenly they're face to face with another car, and they had to quickly turn the wheel and keep it away from the cliff and miss the car that was coming at them. And if you didn't do that, you were dead. So they said that was the quick and the dead, that you had, you had to steer that car quickly or you were dead. Do you think that's what that really means? He's going to judge the quick and the dead. It's not what it means. Um, so who, who here knows what quick means? I'm sure that some of you do. I know you do. Are you, are you afraid to say? What does quick mean here? Tom? Mm -mm. Living. 
the living. Yeah, you knew, didn't you, Doris? <laughs> she was scared to say. She, I knew she had it under that mask. <laughs> she was afraid to say it. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is the living and the dead. Uh, so uh, it goes on to explain here, if you look on down in this responsive reading, uh, that he shall come to judge the living and the dead, the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Church of Jesus Christ. We're in that church this morning. We are, it's not just a building, but it's a gathering of people. And so whether you have a building or not, we are, if we believe in Jesus Christ as our Savior, we are part of the church of Jesus Christ. Uh, we believe in the communion of saints and uh, fellowshipping together. Uh, we believe in the forgiveness of sins. We believe in the resurrection of the body. What about, what about those that are cremated? What about those that are cremated? What's going to happen to those that are cremated? What's going to happen to those that were in the, tra the World Trade Center in New York City? And uh, they, were, they were blown to smithereens. Does that mean that uh, if there were Christians in that building, and there no doubt were Christians in that building, uh, or in those buildings, does that mean that it's all over? Uh, that there's, there's nothing more for them? Uh, that uh, they, since they were, as it were, instantly cremated? Uh, you young people know that they're still identifying remains of people that were in those buildings, don't you? You know that, don't you, Roman? The, the World Trade Center was blown. You know that they're still sifting through ashes. And, and how are they doing that? How are they identifying them? DNA. D what? DNA. DNA, okay. DNA. And, and so they identify them. They say, well, we found the remains of this one. Who knows all of our DNA, folks? God does. God put us together, didn't he? And he knows everything about us. And so the Bible tells us someday, even those that have been blown to smithereens or burned, intentionally cremated, whatever, that the Lord is going to call those bodies back together. I don't know how he's going to do it. I'm not God. I don't have to know how to do it. But God knows how to do it. And someday the Bible says that we're all going to stand before the Lord. Some before a God of anger and some before a Savior that has given us forgiveness of sins. And so uh, he's, the Apostles' Creed said we believe in the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. Is everybody going to live forever? Now watch how you answer this. Is everybody going to live forever? The answer is yes. The answer is yes. The Bible tells us that we're all, every one of us, are going to stand before God to give an account of the things done in the body. And so those, those that think that when they die, that is it, it's all over, that that's the end of it, they're going to have a terrible, a terrible reality 
because the Bible tells us that there's going to be some that are going to be resurrected and they're going to be raised to the resurrection of condemnation because they do not have a Savior. They have not trusted Christ as their Lord and Savior. Others are going to enter into the bliss of heaven. Now, if you hear a funeral service on television or whatever, everybody goes to heaven, according to them. Some kind of heaven, don't they? Uh, I don't, I, you never hear of anybody say, you know, this one, this one didn't make it. Uh, according to popular opinion, everybody goes to heaven. And uh, we're all going to live forever. But the Bible tells us that there is a terrible judgment and it's going to reveal all the secrets of the hearts of men and things that they've done. Um, do you remember Patty Adkins? She was on the front page of the, of the Marysville Journal Tribune just probably, I'm going to say a year ago. Uh, do you remember Patty Adkins, Connie? Uh, she worked at Honda the same time I worked at Honda. And what, Connie? Yeah, she got off work and she had told people that she was working with that uh, she, she had plans, some, I think it was somebody at Honda, that they had a secret that they were going to take off and she had, she had a couple children, she has a couple children, uh, and, and this was a secret thing. Uh, they, were, they were taken off. I think the plan was they were going to be married. That was the, the idea. And she disappeared. After she got off work, they cannot find a trace of Patty Adkins. And nobody knows, nobody that has come forward knows what happened to Patty Adkins. You say, why, why are you thinking about that preacher? Uh, I'm, I'm a little strange. Um, Jason, do you know that I'm a little strange? Maybe I'm a lot strange. Don't amen that too loud. Uh, I, ha I heat my house with a, with a wood stove, partially, for my comfort. I also have propane. I also have electric. But when I sit down in my chair in the evening, I like to have the wood fire going and blowing the wood heat out. Doris said that wood heat is warm heat, isn't it, Sarah and Doris? Yeah. Yeah, Walter would, amen, that wouldn't he, Phyllis? Yeah, Walter, Phyllis's husband's a, a wood cutter, a wood splitter, and that's one of the things that I know he really misses. Uh, but uh, I... I used newspaper to build the fire, and so I had an old sack of papers there, and I pulled the paper out, and there on the front page is Patty Atkins' picture. <laughs> and I couldn't stand to use it to build the fire. <laughs> That's kind of strange, isn't it? I thought about the sorrow of her family. I thought about her children that are deprived of their mother, uh, it has a picture of her smiling face. Pretty woman. I didn't know her. I worked at Honda, but so did many thousands of others, and I don't ever recall meeting her. 
but she's gone. She's gone. This has been years now. This has been like 10 years that she's been gone, maybe longer than that, uh, probably longer than that. But they ran a story that nobody knows what happened to Patty Adkins. But God knows where she is. God knows, and God knows who, because of their probably a secret they wanted to cover up. I just, I look at her and I wonder, was she maybe with child? Maybe she was going to have a baby by her boyfriend. It's all, it's all supposition. I don't know what happened. <clears throat> maybe, maybe her boyfriend was married. Maybe her boyfriend had a family. Maybe he didn't want to go along with her plans. I have no idea. Pardon? Okay, so that was in the story? Yeah, but they don't know who it was, do they? No. <coughs> Nothing to prove, is there? Nothing, no evidence. No evidence. So he had to get rid of her. Had to get rid of her. Pardon? His dirty little secret. And there's a lot of dirty little secrets in the world. There's a lot of dirty little secrets. But the Bible tells us we're all going to stand before God someday. So what's this scripture about? Well, God said he delivered the people of Israel... They are called the children of Israel because their daddy's name was Israel. But they were not little kids. They grew into a great large family with kids, grandkids, great-grandkids, great-great-grandkids. A couple million. They're still the children of Israel. And the Bible says that when God delivered them from Egyptian bondage, that his intention was to take them into a better land, the land of Canaan. <coughs> they didn't all make it, folks. That was God's intention, to take them into a better land, the land of Canaan. We could spend a long time this morning talking about what happened. But this generation that God delivered from Egypt, who was it in the movie that, these kids are too young to know, who was it in the movie, The Crossing of the Red Sea? Who was, who was Moses? Who, who played the part of Moses to bring the Israelites out of Egypt, and, and my son put a, a thing on the, my computer, uh, what do you call it, wallpaper, whatever you put on. Uh, there's a picture, and it, it shows a truck driving through the Red Sea, and the, the uh, water is standing up like a wall on each side, this truck, and, and the, on, the, on the truck it says, Moses Transports. <laughs> That's driving through. Well, they didn't have any trucks or cars going through there. They did have, 
they, did, they went on foot, but they were chased by people that were in chariots. But who was that actor? Who was the actor that played the part of Moses? Okay. Do, do any of you people know the name Charlton Heston? You don't know him, do you? Well, if you ever see the old movie, that's who it is, uh, that he played the part of Moses. He, he brought them through. God caused the Red Sea to part for them, and they didn't go through in the mud. The Bible says God caused them to go through on dry ground, even though it was a riverbed. And he brought them out on the other side, and they were, they were only a month or so away from being able to go into Canaan or for, into the land of Israel as we know it today. But God wanted them to have his laws. And so the scripture says that God wanted them to wait until he received their, they received his laws. But they, they got his law. They broke his law before they ever got it. They disobeyed, they complained. So the Bible says that that whole generation, except for, except for two people, did not get to go into the land of Israel or what we call the Canaan land. Do you remember the two people? You, you young people, do you know the two people that, that got to go in? Yeah, it's all new stuff to you, isn't it? Two people, and they were the two, there were, ten, there were 12 spies that were sent to spy out the land of Canaan. And 10 of them said, we cannot do it. We cannot go into this land God has promised to give us. And two of them, two of the spies said, we can. And one of them is a very, a very popular name. And he's, he's actually the sixth book of the Bible. His name is on it. <clears throat> Who was it? Do I have to go to the adults because the kids don't, the young people don't know? Uh-huh. Okay, who was it? Two names. Connie, give me one. You know who it is. Look in your Bible. The Joshua, and Caleb. Joshua and Caleb. Yeah, Joshua took Moses' place. Moses died. Moses didn't get to go into the land of Israel. But Joshua said we can do it. Caleb said we can do it. God said those two are the ones that are going to go in. All the others are going to die in the wilderness because they disobeyed. Yeah, God's intent was for them to go into the land that he promised them. Do you know it's God's intention this morning for every one of us to go to heaven? That's God's intention. But the Bible tells us that there are a lot of people that are not going to go in. They're going to stand and be condemned by God but they're not going to go into heaven because they're disobedient, they're rebellious, they do not receive the sacrifice that God has made for them in order to fit them for heaven. As uh, Reverend Young was leading the singing this morning, he was talking about holiness. 
God is holy. We are not. <laughs> we are a long ways from holy. And the Bible tells us that Romans 3.23, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And Romans 6.23 says, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So there has been provision made for us to get to heaven, but the way we are, we can't go. We have to receive Jesus Christ. We have to be born again or born from above. We have to have a second birth. And then it's God's will for us as we journey to have the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives for him to guide and direct us. And so when we sing about holiness, we're singing about what God's provision is for us. That after we're saved, after we have come to receive Christ as our Savior, we can come and we can present ourselves to him as a living sacrifice, we can say, Lord, use me, and ask the Holy Spirit to infill our lives and make us the people he wants us to be. Many do not do that, but that is God's intent. And what, whatever name you call it by, it is still the enabling of us to make our journey through life and to know that we're going to enter into heaven. It's so wonderful when I think about Mary McWilliams' mother, Ruby Congo. She's quite a character. She was here to worship with us several times. She would stay with Mary for a week or so, and she would come into church, and she's 90 years of age now, but she was not a young woman when she came. She was in her, in her 70s and 80s, and the one thing I remember about Ruby Congo is she was always happy. She was always happy. She was always glad to be in God's house. She was always glad to acknowledge Jesus Christ as her Savior. And so we can live with that kind of assurance and that kind of hope. But you know, you know Satan is not going to leave you alone if you ask Christ to be your Savior Satan is going to come and try to pull you down and pull you back. And you're going to be around people that are going to encourage you to give up and not to follow the Lord. They're going to try to pull you down. They're going to try to, they're going to, try to defeat you. And you have to be stronger. You have to be stronger. You have to say, no, I'm going to follow the Lord. And by the help of the Holy Spirit in my life, I am going to be an overcomer. I'm going to be a conqueror. Every one of us here this morning that know Jesus Christ as our Savior have had to deal with old Satan that tries to drag us down and defeat us. Connie is a good example because she has been assailed in many ways by old Satan that has tried to defeat her. But Connie just keeps on chugging, don't you, Connie? Yeah. 
And uh, I could say the same with others that are here, but it has to be through determination. It has to be through being faithful. Now, I want to tell you, if you want to serve the Lord, if you want to make it to heaven, it can't just be a Sunday thing. You have to pay attention to Jesus through the week. Action behind the words. That's for, that is correct. So, if you say you want to live for the Lord, you ought to have a Bible and open the Bible and read a few verses in the New Testament. Don't, don't read Leviticus. That's not going to inspire you. <laughs> don't, don't read that. Don't get into the Hebrew phone book with all the names. It won't mean a thing to you. <clears throat> but get into the book of John and read what St. John says, or the book of Mark, read what Mark says. It's very, it's very active gospel. Jesus is always doing something. But read a few verses and say, Lord, help me to do what's right today. And if you mess up, ask him to forgive you. If you mess up, fess up. <laughs> ask him to forgive you. And if you've wronged other people, ask him to forgive you. And be determined you're going to be in God's house and you're going to do what's right in your life. That's the most important thing. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, it's not by this preacher blessing you or anything else. It's by asking Jesus to forgive you of your sins and believing in him, putting your faith in him. And so you not only should read the word, but you ought to talk to him a little bit every day and in your own words. It don't have to be in some kind of King James, old King James language, thou and thee and all that. Just, Lord, you know I need your help. And pray to him through the day, too. Ask him to help you. Well, that's my sermon this morning. It was kind of different, wasn't it? That's okay. It was tailor-made. <laughs> it was tailor-made. So let's stand together. <clears throat>